Here's Pastor Steve Converse to get us started with today's edition of Graceful Truth. You can't put your faith in God without being personally involved with Him. You can't put your faith in Him without acknowledging that He is a loving and merciful and generous God and that He is good to us far beyond what we would ever deserve. See, it pleases God when you put your faith in Him. It pleases God when you say, Father, I'm trusting you to restore my broken marriage. Father, I'm depending on you to heal me or my loved one. I'm relying on you to provide the job that I need so that I could have the income I have to provide for my family. I'm relying on you to help me through this crisis, to bring someone special into my life, whatever it might be. When you come to him believing that he rewards those who seek him, he is pleased. More power to you. That's the title of our broadcast today here on Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Greetings in Christ and welcome to today's program. Uh, The faith guarantee is what we're focusing on today here in Hebrews chapter 11. We're looking at verses 6 through 30. You know, if you've got a little faith, the Bible gives us certain guarantees. You'll be pleasing to God. You will sometimes abandon security to enter parts that are unknown. You'll be called upon to prove yourself. You'll be called upon to make sacrifices, and you will see the power of God unfold before your eyes. A lot to look forward to as we live a life of faith. Join us for an encouraging look at the road less traveled, a road that you and I as believers in Christ should be on on a constant basis. Here's Pastor Steve Converse with today's broadcast of Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. Today we're wrapping up our series, More Power to You. It's a series that's been tapping into the full potential of faith and being able to see God do great things in your life. When you live a life of faith, it seems that things begin to happen in your daily existence that are even beyond explanation. Help comes from places that you don't expect. Results are realized that you didn't anticipate. And you even experience blessings beyond your biggest dreams. But sometimes living a life of faith is not easy. See, when you choose to live a life of faith, you take the neutral option off the steering column. See, there's no coasting in the life of faith. And neither is there a park or a reverse. It seems that it's full speed ahead. The life of faith is not a lifestyle for the timid. There are risks involved. And over the past few weeks, we've emphasized again and again that faith is not a feeling In fact, sometimes when you're walking in faith, you won't feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. You might even be a little nervous. You might even feel a little afraid because you've taken a big risk and you don't know exactly how everything is going to pan out. When that happens, you don't need to worry about it. 
We don't rely on our feelings. We rely on the goodness of God. We rely on the promises of God. We live under the protection of God. Faith is not a feeling. It's something you decide. It's something that you do. You choose to have an attitude of expectancy. And you take actions that are consistent with what you are asking God to do. Simply put, beloved, faith is thinking right and doing right. It's living in expectation, and it's following through with corresponding actions. Now remember, quickly in review, in week one of this series, we looked at the thinking right aspect of faith. We saw that faith begins with an attitude of expectancy. We learned that you can only go as far in life as your faith is strong enough to take you. Why? Because God responds to your faith. Biblical principle. God doesn't respond to your feelings, nor to your wants, nor to your needs, but he does respond to your faith. Jesus said in Matthew 9, verse 29, according to your faith, it will what? It will be done to you. In week two, we looked at doing right, that aspect of faith. We saw that faith isn't something you feel, it's something you do. In addition to having an attitude of expectancy, we need to take actions that are consistent with what we are asking God to do. We do this even when it's not easy, even when there may be a risk involved, or we may suffer in the process, even when we have no guarantee of how things will turn out. Well, in week three, last week, we talked about building bigger faith. We talked about what you can do to make your faith stronger as a believer. And we focused in on Romans chapter 10, verse 17, where Paul said, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. And remember, we talked about ways that you can saturate your mind with the word of Christ, with the word of God, through what you read and what you listen to and what you sing and what you say. See, the more you fill your mind with the Word of God, the more knowledge and wisdom and discernment that you're going to have, and the stronger your faith will become as a result. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about the guarantees of living in faith. The faith guarantee. And we're going to be looking in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 6 to 30. See, if you get serious about making the walk of faith day after day, I will guarantee you, because the Bible guarantees, that certain things will happen. And so today in our text, Hebrews chapter 11, which is known as the greatest chapter on faith in the Bible, the hall of faith it's called, because it lists a number of people from the Old Testament who by faith made a big difference in their lives and in the lives of those around them. Now, we could spend several weeks just on these verses in chapter 11 of Hebrews talking about faith, but we're just going to hit the highlights here today. I encourage you on your own time to study it further as you pursue your life of faith. Well, here are the guarantees. If you live a life of faith, the Bible promises certain things will happen. The first guarantee is simply this. You will be pleasing to God. Pretty basic. You will be pleasing to God. Exercising your faith pleases God. What do I mean by that? It makes him happy. In fact, the Bible goes so far as to say that you cannot please God without faith. These are the exact words. Verse 6. 
Hebrews 11, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See that? He rewards those who earnestly seek him. There's your attitude of expectancy in the goodness of God. God wants us not only to acknowledge his existence, but also to believe that he is good to those who seek him, that he blesses them, that he rewards them. That's how we're saved. It's how a relationship with God begins. We're saved by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through what? Faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. See, a relationship with God begins with faith. It is sustained with faith. It's our faith that keeps us connected to God. It is this connection that God is seeking with human beings. Have you ever had a job that you could basically perform without any personal investment at all and still do well? I've had several of these jobs. One time I worked in a warehouse and all I had to do was gather up goods, put them in boxes, and stack them on pallets. And I did the job pretty good. I didn't really get emotionally attached to the boxes or the goods that I was packing up for shipment. I could go through the motions, do everything I was supposed to do. And at the end of the night, my job was done. The end of the week, I'd get a check. And you know what? It didn't depend on whether I loved my job or whether I liked my boss or whether or not I was even a happy person. I just did my job. See, sometimes when I was making, doing that job and I was arranging those boxes for shipment and whatnot, inside, to be honest, I was grumbling. I was complaining. Sometimes my mind was far, far away from that warehouse in those early morning hours. But you know what? The boxes got stacked and the shipments got shipped and I got paid for my work. Not for my emotional attachment to my job. It was just routine work, nothing more. See, that's not the kind of relationship that God wants with his people. Where we just go through the routine of keeping the Ten Commandments, giving 10%, doing our various good deeds. No, he wants more than that. He wants us involved with him personally. He wants to connect with him on an emotional level. He wants us to love him. He wants us to need him. He wants us to depend on him. That's why he responds to our faith. Because you can't put your faith in God without being personally involved with him. You can't put your faith in him without acknowledging that he is a loving and merciful and generous God. And that he is good to us far beyond what we would ever deserve. See, it pleases God when you put your faith in him. It pleases God when you say, Father, I'm trusting you to restore my broken marriage. Father, I'm depending on you to heal me or my loved one. I'm relying on you to provide the job that I need so that I could have the income I have to provide for my family. I'm relying on you to help me through this crisis, to bring someone special into my life, whatever it might be. When you come to him believing that he rewards those who seek him, he is pleased. 
So from the very start, I want you to take assurance in knowing that your attempt to live a life of faith is, first of all, it's pleasing to God. It's pleasing to God. Secondly, if you choose to live a life of faith, I guarantee you that you will sometimes abandon security and enter parts unknown. You will abandon security and enter parts unknown. Look at what the writer of Hebrews 11 tells us about Abraham in verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. (laughs) By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Now, the story of Abraham begins in Genesis when his name was originally Abram. And the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to a land that I will show you. That's back in Genesis 12, 1. And then God gave Abraham an incredible promise. He says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Genesis 12, 2. Abraham then sent set out for Canaan, a place his father had talked about, but Abraham had never seen. Years before, he and his father had settled in the land of Haran, but Abraham couldn't sit still. God was calling him to move ahead. So Abraham left Haran, not knowing exactly where he was going or what was going to happen along the way, only that he was following the path of God and that was which was laid out for him. He left the security of his father's house to journey to parts unknown. See, there are some of us here today and maybe even hearing this message. Maybe God is calling you to enter parts unknown. Maybe it's to start a business. Maybe it's to leave the security of your nine to five job. Maybe God is calling you to Serve him in another city or another country. And you have to leave the security of your home and your friends and your family. Maybe it's to work in a volunteer ministry. To leave the security and comfort of your sofa a couple nights a week. There will be times during the walk of faith when you are called upon to abandon your security. And go where you know not. I guarantee it. Thirdly, if you choose to live a life of faith, not only will you be pleasing God and sometimes have to leave your zone of security, but thirdly, you will be called upon to prove yourself. Look at verses 17 and 19. It says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise about the sacrifice, his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. A lot of people have issues with this story that the writer of Hebrews is referring to because it seems out of character with a loving God. Maybe you remember the story. God had told Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and that he would be a blessing to all these generations and that this would occur through his son Isaac, his only son Isaac. In Genesis 22, God 
said to Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to a region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. That's in Genesis 22. Why would God ever say such a thing? Kill your only son? That can't be right. Now, you probably know how the story ends. Abraham didn't have to kill his one and only son. But he did take him up to the mountain. He did prepare an altar. And at the last moment, when it came time to make the sacrifice, God stopped him. God said, do not lay a hand on the boy. Don't do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And many people wonder, why would God do such a thing? How could this story be in the Bible? Well, I think it's in the Bible for a couple reasons. First of all, it illustrates what God would later do himself. It's a picture. He sent his only son into the world to die for our sin. See, this story really foreshadows the story of Christ, the work of Christ on the cross. It also dramatizes in an ancient world that God does not endorse human sacrifice. Human sacrifice went on all over the place. And you know what? If Abraham would have taken Isaac up there and would have sacrificed him on that altar, he wasn't breaking any law. The police would not have arrested him. A man had a legal right to kill his son in 2000 B.C. The son was just considered another possession. Many religious cults back then practiced child sacrifice. And so it was a topic that God needed to address And at this perfect moment, God forbid it from taking place as an illustration. He did this to dramatize the point. Human sacrifice is not an acceptable practice. I also think this story shows us that sometimes God will call upon us to do things that we don't understand. Maybe even things that we don't want to do. He does it because he wants us to take our stand and choose which side we'll be on. To say, God, I'll, I'll do what you ask me to do no matter what. Now, I can guarantee you that God will never ask you to do what he's asked Abraham to do, nothing even close to it. But I can also guarantee that there will be times in your life when you're going to be asked to take steps that you don't necessarily want to take. There will be times when you're called upon to prove yourself There will be times of testing in your life. The good news is that the tests don't last forever. The book of James says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. That's James 1.12. Well, the fourth guarantee in the life of faith is simply this. You will be called upon to make sacrifices. You will be called upon to make sacrifices. Look at verses 24 and 26. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. When we talk about living a life of faith... And seeing God do great things in your life, I want you to understand that it will happen. I also want you to understand that there will be seasons in the life of faith 
when you're not on the receiving end of God's blessings. But you're on the giving end of personal sacrifices. There will be seasons when you're not living in abundance. When maybe you're even living in lack, waiting for God to provide. Now, he will provide, but there will be a season of doing without. There will be a time of waiting. See, I want to encourage you, during that time of waiting, it's absolutely essential that you remain faithful. There will be times when you think, you know what? I could have it a lot easier than this. I could give up now, and I wouldn't have to sacrifice all this time, money, and energy. If I wasn't investing so much in God's work, I could be driving a new car right now. If I wasn't investing so much time in serving others, I could spend more time on the golf course or with my family. If I wasn't pouring my life into pursuing this dream, I could relax and maybe watch a little more TV. It's at that moment that we have to say no. I won't pursue a life of luxury. I'll pursue a life of serving others. Even if I have to pay a price, you'll be called upon to make sacrifices in the life of faith. The fifth guarantee in the life of faith is that you will see the power of God unfold before your eyes. Look at verse 29. Verse 29. By faith, the people of Israel passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. The writer goes on to say in verse 30, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them seven days. The story of the parting of the Red Sea and the story of the walls of Jericho tumbling down to the ground are two well-known Old Testament events. Both of these stories illustrate how God is able to make the impossible happen. How he is able to provide a solution when there's no solution in sight. You may be trapped between a mighty sea and an approaching army with no possible way of escape. And at the right moment, God provides a way out. There may be impenetrable walls standing between you and the life of your dreams with no possible way to get past them. And right at the right moment, God will provide a way through. See, I imagine that everyone here who has been a Christian for more than a short while has a Red Sea story to tell. A time when God came through for you in a miraculous way. When you choose to live a life of faith, day after day after day, these become a common occurrence. You will see the power of God unfold before your eyes. You will see needs being met at the right moment. You will see miracles take place in hopeless situations. You will experience power over sin that you never thought possible. And you will enjoy blessings beyond your greatest hopes. I guarantee it. See, the life of faith is not for the timid. The life of faith is not for the faint of heart. It's not for those who want an easy life. But for those who want a great life. Those who want to accomplish great things for God. And want to see him do great things. Well, a life of faith is for you. And if you're willing to put aside your feelings, and if you're ready to decide to live in expectancy and begin asking God to do great things in your life, and if you're willing to follow through with actions consistent with what you're asking for, 
if you're ready to take the risk and enter parts unknown, to make a stand, to pay the price of faith. I guarantee you, beloved, you will experience the power of God in your life as you've never experienced Him before. It's for this reason, beloved, that I say, walk in faith. Walk in faith. Trust Him. And more power to you. Well, it is our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. We trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. If you'd like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. This is our phone number, 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. Or you can visit us on the web at gracefultruth.org. We've got a lot of resource materials available there, more information about who we are. And if you need a map to visit us at Grace Bible Church, that's there as well. Again, gracefultruth.org. And would you please drop us an email? Let us know you paid us a visit when you stop by. Again, gracefultruth.org. Or give us a call at 650-366-9923. Again, that's 650-366-9923. We thank you for joining us today and trust we'll see you again next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth. Graceful Truth.